0: Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 237. Today is May 23rd, 2023. It's Tuesday. It's a good Tuesday. The sun is kind of shining, kind of shining. It's like 70s here in Oregon, in Salem, and it's like, that's perfect. You know, 70s, low 80s breeze a breeze that's a perfect day for me so if you guys are listening on spotify make sure to follow the elijah fire podcast on spotify if you're watching on the or listening on the app rate it give us an honest review that'll really help us out and then of course wherever you guys are listening to this podcast make sure to rate us there as well that'll really help us out um, also, anytime you guys donate to Elijah Fire, that's ElijahFire.com/donate. All proceeds go towards keeping this free at five days a week. Um, but we also take a portion of every donation, and we funnel it into our amazing water well efforts. Our partnership with Show Mercy International, which um, are based in Uganda, um, and we've uh, because of you guys' generous donations, we have uh, done a lot of amazing work. Over in Uganda, but it's branched out to other places as well. We're starting to do some work with First Nations people here in the U.S. as well, uh, which is amazing, and that that list is going to continue to grow of, of tribes that have been helped because of your guys's donations. But we just got a new water well uh, promo, and it's actually an update from one of the pastors there in Uganda, Pastor Hudson. So we're going to take a look at that, and then we're going to get going.
2: The, the villages have got to walk all through this dirt and this, this swamp to go and pick water. To show you this is to really let you know you are not only uh, doing history but living a legacy. Mm-hmm. Because from, from this water to clean water, you have eliminated all diseases. There are many communities that are still struggling and suffering. Uh, so we continue to pray with you and continue to pray with us that we shall continue to lift up the standards of living of our people and that they can be free from all sicknesses. God bless you. We are now now heading to the launch of a wonderful gift that you have donated to elevate these people from this level to the level now you're going to see. We clap for you. We thank you. We thank you so much for alleviating this community from bad contaminated water and we we'll pray that god blesses you so much we are going to open it and launch it in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen yeah. and on behalf of elijah still i hand over this for to the leaders and to the people and i dedicate it to god to the father the son and the holy spirit and everyone who say yeah. Yeah. We have some water.
1: So that video is a small window into it's a big window, really, but into the impact you guys are making. We're digging a new well every three days, so that was one well that you got to see uh, the commissioning of. Uh, and so it's just amazing. I, I love anytime we get like a fresh glimpse into what's going on over there and that's expanding and growing. Uh, it's very exciting. So Elijahfire.com slash donate is how you can get in on it's a, it's a double whammy. You get the supporting this ministry, but then you also get to automatically so go into supporting that water well effort as well. So uh, amazing. Absolutely amazing. All right. So my guest today, I've, I've been following him for a while. I've been wanting to get on the show and the day has finally arrived you guys so he's an entrepreneur he's an author he's also the founder of kingdom warriors nft and he's the producer of the film series legends of aladria let's give it up for my guest today eric Skeldon. eric welcome to the show
3: man that that uganda video and man just hit my heart man thanks for what you guys do you guys you guys keep giving to this uh and really media can change so much through a story even those stories coming back from uganda uh so amazing yeah super excited to be here yeah it's my birthday tomorrow you guys Woo! uh we're here live yeah. in orlando florida we have some thunder and some rain outside but we're at the world uh center here at uh nrb so we got eliza streams some of the booth over there so eliza streams is doing big things yeah guys. they're
1: representing uh d- down there in florida so for those who don't know what nrb is it's the national religious broadcasters kind of summit convention thing it's like,
3: right? they're like 90th year like wow. it's crazy yeah so that's wild i would say it does lean a little bit older so i'm like representing you got to come out here next year with us yeah. we got to bring andrew whalen <laughs> yeah represent for the millennials and yeah, stuff.
1: yeah 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 come on come on all right so eric there's um you know there's a lot of people who are familiar with you are who you are we run into we run in similar circles but there are people who don't know who you are so why don't you just give a little bit about yourself and then we'll jump into this
3: yeah absolutely and so man thanks for having me Yeah, so I, you know, growing up, I grew up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. grew up, you know, in big churches. I I say all the time, you know, I was the first drugs I ever tried was being drugged to church by my mom. My (laughs) mom's Hispanic. My dad's uh, from Johannesburg, South Africa. So I kind of have, you know, best of both worlds, you know, like thinking, you know, with culturally from my dad and being from, you know, Africa and, um, you know, growing up Hispanic, you know, just being, grew up in the church, kind of some mega churches around the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I kind of, um, you know, always had an entrepreneurial spirit, I would say, but I, uh, definitely struggled in school was making, you know, always making B's and C's and, um, you know, ended up not really, not really knowing. I wanted, the first thing I wanted to do was go to the NBA. I'm about six foot. So I was like, you know, in Louisville, Texas, we had like some of the best basketball players, five, a school. And it was just, you know, everyone was just Duncan and like just really good. And I was like, I was like, I'm not going to get a scholarship. Yeah. So I ended up actually getting a scholarship in cheerleading, um, and so Weatherford College and surprisingly, the college in weather um or in Louisville was like ten Coed, ten uh ten uh, you know, ten co ed male, ten co ed female. And it was like they won state every year for wow. like like kind of like very more masculine cheerleading. Anyways, it was kind of this this whole thing and and then I was always good at doing flips and kind of like a daredevil, so really I just okay. kinda of fit in really easily to start mm-hmm. doing flips. You can't tell now because I kind of put on my uh dad weight right now. Yeah. I'm actually working on losing losing some of the dad weight, but um, yeah. So I ended up getting a cheerleading scholarship. It was funny because I just took my kids today to Disney world and I have a picture on my Facebook doing like a stunt with them, holding them up with one hand. And oh, that's awesome. And I used to do that 10 years ago or back in 2009. Um, you know, when we went to first went to, um, Disney world to do that. So it was a kind of a cool moment today, Oh, but yeah, just really struggled, you know, struggled in school and, um, ended up going to college, flunked out of math three times in college. And then I ended up, um, You know, really kind of dealing with just, you know, selling marijuana, smoking marijuana, playing Call of Duty, just not really knowing what purpose I had in college. Ended up losing my scholarship. um, And this is back in, you know, 2011, 2012. And really just, you know, smoking and selling weed and started making money doing that. And it was like even seeing the entrepreneur skills that that like it's the same entrepreneur skills that it, you know, it takes to market something or think like, oh, I'm selling this product or Mm -hmm. whatever. And you know, long story short later, you know, really had a radical encounter with God. You know, even, you know, tried things like LSD. And, you know, I I say I, you know, I went from LSD to G O D and you know, God just really wrecked me and just showed me like I I think from 18 to 21, I really was just trying everything under the sun, kind of like Solomon. And it was just like, God, I want you to I don't just want the 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 religion that my parents grew up in, the Bible belt Texas religion. Like I want to see are you real? I want to hear your voice, like I want you to speak to me, I want you to give me signs. And he just kept showing up to me, kept like um, you know, Jesus kept really showing me that he's real and that he's you know, he was always there, that God was always there through mm. my pain. And you know, I kinda just felt like you know, felt like growing up my dad and you know, my dad, his dad sent him out here, he got a tennis scholarship, went to Auburn, won a national championship and um in tennis. So like and then so he, he didn't my actually my grandpa in South Africa just passed away um just like a couple of weeks ago yeah. and so he, you know, they didn't have a really strong relationship. So my dad, you know, growing up kind of just was like, you know, go to the army, go do something, like go get a scholarship, do your college. And then you're kind of like, it was kind of like you're on your own. Is how I felt, you know, and that, and that, and he did the best he did with his dad. And so, you know, growing up there, 18 and 21, I kind of just felt a little bit on my own. Like I had to figure it out, how to make money and how to pay bills and how to, you know, be an adult, whether I want to do college or whatever I want to do in life. Um, uh, And so, yeah, so then I ended up, you know, really getting wrecked by God and then ended up, um, really getting tossed into the prophetic. I asked, I asked God for, um, a wife, um, you know, that really would love, love God and just like be able to just be like a helpmate for me. And then right before, and then I also, he also showed me that my two grandfathers served in the military and, you know, me and my, I had an older brother and a younger brother, you know, my older brother is like a kind of in the, you know, Christian space. Um, you know speaker goes all over the world and i used to i used to like be like oh i'll never be able to compete with him or speak or speak on stages and do that because i actually had a bad like kind of like a stuttering problem and just was just deathly afraid of speaking
1: the moses situation yeah
3: like the yeah. moses and yeah so that was you know we'll get to that kind of overcoming that which actually took a lot more time but i ended up actually um i ended up basically yeah ended up feeling called to serve in the military got a uh, airborne contract and seven days before I ended up um, going. I my wife reached out to me. My wife was in my mom's like youth group, so it was kind of like that whole thing, like Boaz and Ruth, like within the uh-huh. sphere. And then, so five years later, you know, she said, "Told my mom I was cute." Like five years previous, and then <laughs> back in, you know. Anyways, we oh got, yeah, uh, we got we wrote letters for like three months while I was at Fort Benning, Georgia, in infantry school, and then we got married. And then this September will be our ten year anniversary.
1: Come on, uh,
3: and um. And yeah, just, you really kind of got me in some prophetic churches, really seeing people getting healed, seeing, you know, more of the prophetic and apostolic. So that wasn't your background? uh, Not really. No, no. It was mainly just uh, like more mega churches or big churches that were, you know, there was no really gifts flowing. It was more just like inspirational and it was like everyone had money and everyone seemed successful, but really there was a lot of crazy stuff going on behind the scenes. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, okay. Let's uh, well let's talk about your stuttering problem. I'm really curious about that. So obviously, you didn't, you weren't keen. You didn't think that you would be speaking at all because you were, you had that issue. But how did how did you overcome that? What was that process like?
3: Yeah. So you know, and through the journey of you know jumping out of airplanes, and then even after that, uh, going back to college, um, and God said, finish what you started. I got a business degree from University of North Texas. And I really, you know, even though I kind of struggled with being introverted and, you know, the idea of speaking was just like my greatest fear. You know, I ended up um, I ended up really just uh, going to a Kingdom Entrepreneur Conference in 2019. Chris Valentin was speaking and he said the thing that the thing that is um, attacking you the most is often the thing uh where you need to go after like you need to face the fear. guys
1: do i not say that all the time on the show i say that all the time on the show thank you for saying that eric
3: yeah and yeah. it's and it was so it was so pivotal and maybe i needed i probably heard that before but maybe i needed chris valentine to say it to be like in person and then like yeah. you know i really got to go after it and just be like man i like what is my biggest fear and it was speaking and doing podcasting and like you know really using my voice and not being afraid of because i and even in the army, I remember like them asking me one time to replay this whole mission that we did in front of all the whole group. And I just froze up and and they couldn't even speak. And they just like, mm. they were like, sit down, someone else do it. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I'll probably never be in the leadership position. Cause I can't even lead or speak to a whole group of people. And, you know, I kind of just had this mentality and it kind of mm. had even when I went back, I even had some curses over me, over my voice. So, so it was, so in 2019, I really just, I actually started a uh, basically, a podcast like called Kingdom Passive Income, and just and it and it was just on Streamyard, and I did it imperfect action. I just did imperfect action. If you look at my first videos on YouTube, it's I still say um, and I still am kind of like you know just. But I just started interviewing any leaders that would let me interview them, and just put it on YouTube and Facebook, and um and and I just repetition. It was just repetition, trusting God, saying God help me overcome you know my fear of like yeah. stuttering or just you know mm-hmm. saying um all the time, and just the uh, the fear and even when I still speak on big stages now, you know, and I'm starting to land more speaking engagements and it's just amazing to see what God has done. And, um, you know, my brother got to come Johnny enlow to our world premiere of legends of Eladria in Franklin, Tennessee. And I got to speak on stage, like in front of 300 people, uh, at my own event. And it was just really, it was really cool. And then Johnny got to speak right before it and talk about how he like called up, uh, you know, the prayer that ended up being Justin Bieber, like giving the anointing to go to the top of the mountain of music is this cool where God will take you when you just on the other side of fear?
1: Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, that's really good. All right. So let's, um, cause there's man, there's so much, so much to talk about. So we're going to kind of cherry pick and then who knows, maybe we'll save it for another time, Eric. Uh, the other stuff we didn't talk about, but, yeah. but there's a note in here about defining the heart of God for 2022 and 2023 and it's a really good starting off point because it's kind of all encompassing and then we'll hit a couple of those points through the rest of the episode. But why don't you talk about that?
3: Yeah. So wanna start with 2022
1: or yeah. Yeah. The God's heart for 2022 slash twenty twenty three. Uh jump into that.
3: Yeah. So really, I mean, yeah, and it really does blend over, bleed over to I mean, this year, but really what i've been hearing uh you know the father say is that it's you know and this actually goes back to bob jones really even speaking that this was the decade of rest and you know like in this time you know the children of god the family of god you know the kingdom citizens of the earth like we're learning how to produce out of rest Hmm. you know not striving not you know just being busy all the time you know and back in corporate america i was you know doing the first millions in revenue I did in corporate America after getting a business degree, I always, I always felt like I had to strive. I had to like go out and get it. Like that's what my dad taught me is yeah. like, go out and get it. Strive. You know, if you, if you don't work hard, you're not going to eat, you're going to be homeless. You're going to be under a bridge. And like, you got to just, you got to be, you got to produce you. And it was all about producing out of just like doing so much busy, busy, just do everything. And really God has shown me more recently. And even since COVID is like, it's like, We got to focus on our family, focus on God, just focus on, you know, the priorities. What are what like, God, what am I supposed to be doing today? Who do I need to meet? What do I need to be doing with my time? And just like working with Holy Spirit, working with, you know, the angels to that are assigned to us to really help us achieve our missions to, you know, you know, share our vision to the people that we need to share it to, to pour into the people we need to pour into. And, you know, you don't need to be everything to everyone. You don't need to serve the whole world. You know, I used to think I had, you know, uh, what is it, Messiah syndrome? I wanted to I thought I had ideas that will save the whole world. And and it's like really only people I had to help myself and then I had to help the people in my Uh sphere, you know, and you got to start there and you can do it out of rest. You don't have to you know, if you have a big vision out there, you know, really God is teaching us how to really be able to meditate on him morning and night, how to just be in his presence, how to be in his peace, um, you know, and you can do million dollar deals out of rest. You can do. You know, sign big deals. You can, you know, do all sorts of amazing things in Christ, just without having to feel like the American hustle bustle.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting you said that about like the Messiah syndrome—about uh, every single idea I have is going to save the world, all that stuff. I was think actually, thinking about this the other day, interestingly, because I was like, because I definitely can relate to that. <laughs> I can I relate to that, um, but but at the same time, I was thinking about it. And it's kind of shifted over where it was like, it was almost like initially for me, it was like a perverted sense of, uh, I, if God gives me an idea, I want to strive for excellence with it because he gave it to me and it matters even if five people see it. But the perverted sense of that was God gave this to me and I'm going to do this. And then you make the assumption, Oh, God asked me to start a podcast that means I'm going to get a million views on my first one that I do, you know, which that's, that's an assumption we make, but there is something to be said about it. that excellence of like, you know, the same level of importance you would put if you were like, this idea is going to save the world, you know? And so you drive, you put all this stuff in there, shifting that over to still that lo- same level of, of tenacity and passion, but going like, God gave this to me. It's important. Um, and he gave it to me um and i want to foster this i want to honor it well but man that doing it from a place of rest man that's a big one like that's huge
3: yeah and i'd say i'm still you know i'm still working on this every day you can ask my wife you know we have five daughters and you know we we we're trying to manage you know a multi-million dollar business and uh you know even a huge vision and it's like and a team and staff and kids and you know it's not it's still not easy, but that's the biggest highlight he's showing me is like, and even when I was in corporate America and I saw, you know, you always look at the corporate ladder. Like you look at your in sales, you know, the people who are making six figures are making, you know, I got to six figures and I see the people above me and I'm like, I don't even want their life. You know, they're divorced, they're unhappy, like they're just all focused on work only.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I didn't okay, even so want I, that. It's like, yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. And and how how do you million dollar question, Eric? how do you do things from a place of rest? Cause you can say like, you could say that and people are like, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Do it from a place of rest. But they're like, there's still the reality is that they're not restful. You know, Mm -hmm. even, even if they're like, okay, in theory, I love what you're saying, but so how does someone get to that place?
3: Yeah. I think it's really just um, like, like taking a step back and really being able to, stay in the moment and stay in, stay in a place of where you're like, okay, God, thank you. I think it's like, and and, you know, some people say this is kind of like woo woo, but it's like gratefulness and thankfulness. It is really powerful. And the thing is God created everything. So when we're, when we're in a place of gratefulness and just like being thankful, like, God, thank you. I'm on Elijah fire. Thank you. It's my birthday tomorrow. I'm on Elijah fire. You gave me a booth here at NRB. I'm going to be meeting amazing people. Thank you for who I'm going to meet tomorrow.
0: Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire Podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com/slash/give.
3: And you're just in a place where you're just constantly in thanks and giving. God is opening the gates for you to to receive more, to uh, bless you more, because he he he's you know it says the Bible says that he if you're faithful a little he'll give you more so and thankfulness is the is the gateway is the highway to get more closer to god so when you're in that place and then also just like yeah being present being thankful um and you know being being just in a place where you're like man god like every morning even sometimes when life's not as good it's like you only have a hundred dollars in the bank account, and you're like all right god thank you for this hundred bucks like mm-hmm. you know do we need to do we need to sell this hundred into someone or like whatever it's like this, like no matter it's like paul you know he was whether he was shipwrecked, you know, and or he was in prison to singing and they ended up opening the chains. It's like, you know, if you can be in that place and, you know, Paul is a great person, Jesus, you know, is a great person. Obviously that modeled it, you know, Jesus was, you know, right. crucified. He'll spit on. And then while he's on the cross, he's basically just like looking to the man next to him saying, Hey man, you want to come up t- to the mansion with me? And he's just like, you know, just, and he could be in a place like, dude, forget these Jews, forget all these people spitting on me. Why did I come here for the Jews? And they're uh-huh. just like, they're just crucifying me and, you know, like talking down on me. And he's just like, you know, Father, forgive them, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, no matter your circumstance, you're God, you know, God's not going to always give you a circumstance where you're, you're on a beach, you're on a yacht, and everything's, you know, you have a six pack and you can yeah. eat, you know, donuts all the time and you, have a perfect yeah. life, you know? <laughs>
1: If only, man, if only in heaven. Maybe in heaven, yeah. In heaven, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> eating light donuts. Eating yeah, light donuts donuts. Made of lights. No, you know? yeah. So,
3: but here on earth, I mean, it's not going to always be perfect. You know, you're going to yeah. have, you know, you're going to have all sorts of crazy circumstances sometimes.
1: Yep, absolutely. So, in regards to defining God's heart for four, I guess we should just, you know, pinpoint it. It was for 2022, but also applies to this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple of notes in here of different topics of like, what kind of art art content or what kind of education communities, what kind of leadership. Um, But you know, you mentioned leadership so that maybe we can start there. Like how, how do you even facilitate this type of rest as you're leading um, people? How do you facilitate this whole thing of doing everything from a place of rest?
3: Yeah, that's good. Um, Something I've been really learning is to just empower people and let people flow in the gifts that they're uh, given. You know five-fold ministry you got you know teachers pastors you know apostles prophets evangelists like letting the five-fold function within a business letting um you know people who like admin work do good admin work people who like graphic design do good graphic design people who are passionate about writing let them do copywriting people and and really put people in their you know put like i don't know my friend always calls it put aces in their places and so like, you know, let like let me focus on if I needed to show up, I need to raise money. I need to make big deals. I need to speak on stages. I need to cast vision to the team. Say, hey, here's where we're here's where I feel like we're going. What do you guys think about this? Mm. Hey, and, and it's like, you know, in, in the startup world, you know, you hear about visionaries and integrators, the visionaries like the Steve Jobs, like showing, hey, I got this brilliant idea. It's the I it's the iPhone and it's going to be revolutionary and we're going to change the world and it's going to be amazing. But they don't may not know how to design the whole thing and the mainframe. So you have Steve Wozniak, who is more behind the scenes, you know, coding, making the mainframe, making the Apple and Lisa, you know. So you have, you know, you have to function together and let people flow in their anointing. And so that's really something God's been showing me and really teaching me. Um, and I had good mentors really teach me about the prophetic and how the apostolic is really like the foundation. And you build upon the you know prophets and apostles. And so you're really just, and it's like what well, Jesus really modeled the best to be a servant king, mm-hmm. you know. So you're you're serving and people, you know, even for your kids, you know, you want your kids to stand on the shoulders of of giants and you know the people who have gone before us in the prophetic, you know, they're you know they're they're building a foundation so we can keep going further. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Do you know who Simon Sinek is?
3: I love him. Yeah, Yeah. he's so good,
1: yeah. He, your business model, what you're describing is something that he, he started publishing books and the first book he published, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was about plants, but there was actually an analogy behind why he was doing that. And it was this lady is a specialist in plants and she just gets, she understands plants to a level that she knows exactly where they need to be in a space a home space to completely flourish and grow and so it was the whole analogy was don't put someone somewhere because you want them there mm. you think they're there put them where they're going to flourish and so it's exactly what you're talking about so i thought that was really interesting
3: yeah. And I studied startup culture my whole life. Like my wife is like the one she's reading all the m- most amazing biblical books or like prophetic mm-hmm. books or like just, you know, deep things like quantum entanglement and like yeah. prophecy or just like deep space. And I love space. I love, you know, I love like NASA and like all the, you know, the, the Milky way, like it all just, uh-huh. i that's how we kind of really, we were both deep people. So we, we were attracted to each other and, you know, but I've really focused on, you know, business. Like I want to learn from the top billionaires, the top, technology so i really studied you know culture like company culture you know so like company culture is like you know if you feel like you're you you want to be at work you have a ping pong table like you're like you know you have a you're in a place where there's coffee there's like the company provides food and the atmosphere and i've been really just thinking about that like for co-working spaces for kingdom co-working space with like amazing worship music and food and coffee and places where you we're just we're getting energy off each other like you know in in the prophetic in like with a good worship with good music with good energy and we're just flowing and we're just creating amazing things because we're in places like that but i think atmosphere is really important and you know the world system is actually doing this pretty well and churches do this well too you know they're trying to get a good atmosphere but you know obviously some of these technology companies they have you know you know they're doing you know billion dollar valuations, so they have money to keep you know some food in the fridge and stuff and like a good ping pong table but just like the even the balance of you know, so it's really you know it's like sometimes the world's doing this well, and I'm like, God, you know how do we have the resources to do this well as well,
1: yeah, man, seriously, <laughs> how do we do this well um so then also you know, there's a lot of talk about wealth, transfers and all this time Johnny Enlow has said stuff about that as well, um but what kind of currencies does God want, like what's his heart for currencies?
3: yeah, and this is big right now, so it's crazy, you know, I just um. You know, I'm a you know I do love cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Ethereum. I'm um, um, you know I I I like both of those are the top big ones. Bitcoin, you know, has you know billions in throughput. Bitcoin is basically the first and you know biggest one, um, basically like the granddaddy. And Ethereum is the one where everyone is building on that blockchain. So all the other tokens are building really on Ethereum. And there's some other ones, Solana, and some other ones. But um, anyways. Um, I would say right now what we see with, you know, the U.S., with the fiat system where, you know, we printed 60 percent of our country's uh, supply in the past like three years since COVID. And so it's just it's just not sustainable to continue just to print so much money, which obviously I'm, you know, I'm a former army paratrooper. You know, I love the USA. I love mm-hmm. all that stuff. But it's like at the same time, you can look at systems and say, OK, certain systems, you know, there's never if you look at the greatest, you um, You know, a place you look like Macedonia, Alexander the Great, you know, their fiat system isn't around today. You know, the biggest fiat systems of all these greatly, the Ottoman Empire, like we're not we're not on the reserve system of their of their, you know, fiat. Even though they were the biggest empires, they were the biggest, you know, they conquered the most. They dominated. They, you know, did the genesis, you know, took dominion everywhere. But no, they um, but are their currencies not there. So and the other thing is this the way. What God's been telling me about currency is the way that bartering is a currency, time, energy, talent. And God's been teaching uh, really us in our, in our community, like of Kingdom Warriors, how do we come together, put our money together? And we made a film. We made we an orphanage. We we actually um, are sponsoring an orphanage. We bought land in Uganda as well. Wow. So that's why my heart, when you showed that video, my heart's for Uganda, my heart's for Africa. And we're wanting to build wells so we can continue to sow in, so we can continue to, to pay it forward to, um, you know, our friends and tribes and families that, you know, aren't able to, that if they, if they had the resources, they're building houses, they're building this, they're building that, but they just need some, you know, need some help. And so uh, really just like, how do we work together? And you see it, you know, in other, other places, or even back in the day, like bartering systems. So God's been showing me about different, you know, and through the blockchain has different ways to do bartering systems or trading or. Where people in africa are there's actually over a billion unbanked people so in america you just think it's just so normal to get a bank and so it's interesting um myself and some other amazing leaders got invited to this texpo treasury and banking conference and just to learn about uh cryptocurrency learn about bitcoin ethereum and how it's going to integrate into the banking system and solutions for the banking system and really why people are attracted to crypto um, in, a, in a time where it's like the Federal Reserve is the, you know, prints the dollar, they give it to the banks and the banks give it to the people. And, uh, but yeah. there's billions of people who still don't, you know, are unbanked where crypto and blockchain is a solution right now for them. So there's yeah. going to be a lot of iterations of change within global currency and just even the cryptocurrency. But um, it's not going to go anywhere. And, um, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's not going to go anywhere in the blockchain. As you study the blockchain and you find out it really is a kingdom solution because it really uh, integrates all the people uh, in the world and it integrates us and basically bypasses all any global elite systems and was able to have us work together. And so that's why I'm, I'm so bullish on the blockchain because the technology actually is, it's like when you think of like light therapy or things from heaven that's solar or that power cars or any invention that is like free energy or not even free energy, but like communist style thinking, but like just something that God created and we're able to harness it and use it for good it's like that like that's what the blockchain is what god has shown me is like and as you see it and as you see it from a technical background like i invested ten thousand dollars in bethel school of technology which was partnered with was university because i knew i would build some sort of technology media or i had a prophecy that i would build you know this technology media company yeah and um so i invested in that because i wanted to steward the prophecy well and actually get the skills to know like how to steward it and um, ended up, you know, really learning code and learning this stuff. And as you understand the power of technology and the power of the blockchain, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's already, you know, doing a lot. You know, I go to some of these conferences that are, and I see what the developers are doing. And I, the people I've met in the blockchain and the NFT and the crypto world, they're really some smart people and they really care about humanity. And so that's why I'm really bullish on all the things everyone's doing in that space.
1: Yeah, right on, man. So, obviously, we titled this uh, Becoming a Kingdom Entrepreneur. Um, So, I I guess in your own definition, how would you define becoming a kingdom entrepreneur and then maybe right out of the gate, do you believe it's God's desire that everybody be an entrepreneur in some capacity in their life as well?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, to me, a kingdom entrepreneur is really an entrepreneur that is going after our father's business, you know, Jesus is King, you know, he's the King of Kings and we are, you know, co-heirs in Christ. And so we're able to go as an ambassador, you know, you're authorized as an ambassador to, to manage, to steward, to build and develop and grow. And, you know, and so basically kingdom entrepreneur is one that's saying, Hey, I'm putting, you know, Jesus as the CEO of my business, like, and I'm, whatever my idea is that God gives me, And ask for those ideas, ask for blueprints, ask for technology, ask for patents, ask for designs, ask for, you know, divine intelligence from heaven. You know, um, there's storehouse in heaven, there's resources. there's real estate, there's keys available. And ask for what, you know, God, what would you have me do, you know, with my skills, with my, you know, it's like Daniel went into, um, you know, went to study with the Chaldeans, you know, and, you know, still ate, you know, the food that, you know, he wanted to eat his food and he was still more stronger than them and you know better shape even by eating what god had to meet and then also but he still asked for divine intelligence on top of studying with the elites of the time so it's like you still want to study and still get your skills but then ask for divine intelligence on top and that's where you know we have a competitive advantage if you're you know partnered to the source um and so i would say i would say yeah that's like Kingdom entrepreneurship is really just going after that. Like, you're just like, God, what are we doing with this idea? What are we doing with this business? What are we doing with our staff? And you're just asking for that wisdom and get counsel from other, like, highly respected, you know, prophets and people and um, business, you know, people who care about putting God first in their business. You know, it says, seek the kingdom first and all other things will be added to you. So if you seek the kingdom and Jesus, you know, performed 80 percent of his miracles in the marketplace and he was always talking about the kingdom. You know the kingdom is um is this is is this able to innovate and expand and is constantly wanting to as we understand the kingdom as we understand you know what ruling and reigning looks like in the kingdom, what dominion looks like what original intent looks like in the kingdom we can um we can really just start taking more territory start serving the king better and start expanding the kingdom here on earth, you yeah
1: know? yeah, you know it's interesting because you know, for a long time I looked at even myself and was like, I'm not all the entrepreneurs I knew, they were all like a specific type of way. And, um, and I was like, well, I'm not that. So, uh, but it's interesting because I feel like this, and maybe you have some insight into this, but I would say in the last couple of years, God has given me a couple of ideas that he's like, I can't, I just can't, I know they're from him. But they completely go against everything that I thought for myself that I would I I wouldn't do these things or I wouldn't mm-hmm. you know I wouldn't be with somebody that persu- has multiple uh, avenues that they're pursuing and doing this and that and uh, but recently in the past couple of years God has really given me some stuff that I really feel like is on His heart to do that He wants me to do, um, and so um, maybe it's a little narrow minded for someone to go, I'm not an entrepreneur. Uh, maybe we need to redefine what that, what that even means because even what you're saying is, is contrary to what maybe even the world would define as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You got to be this type of personality, first of all, and then you got to do this. So, I, I mean, have you been seeing that? I mean, like, I know you obviously have seen an explosion, even within yourself, probably people around you have yeah. just God's God. Seems like he's just like, turned the, turned the fire hose on. He's given out all these ideas and ventures for people to pursue maybe even unlikely people but i'd love to hear your thoughts
3: yeah definitely i see you know sometimes like even for me like the whole hey the you know like building a multi-million dollar business now it's like oh the guy who made c's and d's that got a barely got a degree is able to build this and steward this and do this it just it just confounds the wise people are like you're like this was the guy that was most cult like not gonna do anything stuttering it wasn't like not to say i wasn't a loser ever but it's like i don't know it's like I definitely felt like an outcast, you know, growing up and never, never felt like I was one of the super popular kids. I was always like, kind of like, you know, and I, I felt like I was somewhat, you know, like in a cool, you know, cool, you know, like, you know, trying to fit in at least, you know, growing up, but just, you know, and God wants to use those type of people like that are just kind of a little bit out there and like, you know, and just, you know, not the smartest people not the people that, and I have seen a lot, a lot of entrepreneurs also are, People who realize they can, you know, build something and hire really smart people from Harvard or, you know, from a, you know, really good college or, you know, and, you know, know that you don't need to be the smartest person in the room, but you need to curate it. You need to bring in yeah. intelligent people and make sure that other smarter people and you are handling legal finance, other areas of the business. Staff and your will, weaknesses. Yeah, staff your weaknesses. And I will say that it. you also want to. Um, so, yeah, I think there is sometimes the type of person that is an entrepreneur. And a lot of times because and but i will say it's also just consistency like you have to you have to be someone who will just never give up i think anyone if you went into entrepreneurship and you studied business you studied entrepreneurship you studied marketing you need to know sales marketing you need to know how to bring in customers you need to know how so there's certain things you have to learn you can't just learn some of the stuff overnight and the best way to learn is by trying it and the thing i think too many people struggle with is they want to, you know, like you said, they want to launch their podcast on day one, have a million subscribers <laughs> on YouTube and have a million downloads and everyone, you know, everyone blasting on the Internet. Hey, this guy started a podcast is the best thing since sliced mm-hmm. bread. And, you know, people want that. And if they don't get it, if they get the one person listen or zero likes, they're like they do that for like three weeks, five weeks, a month. They're like, oh, I give up on it. But the people who I know that started podcasts who do well, they're like Sean Cannell. You know, he started a podcast, started a YouTube channel. and then this did it for like five, 10 years. And then you finally become an expert at it. You know, it's like, you know, uh, Mr. Beast, even Mr. Beast, like he, he got, he was like, he's just doing all these gaming videos. He's the number one YouTuber now, but yeah. and he was actually had like, I am not ashamed of the gospel on his YouTube cover. I'm still praying and declaring Mr. Beast is going to come back to Jesus. Uh, his, his mom, he grew up a believer. He literally, yeah, had, I'm not ashamed of the gospel as, as his YouTube cover. And, um, but I mean, yeah, he's the number one YouTuber now, but. You know everyone looks up to and he spends four million dollars per month on youtube videos and and it's like you you have to have the where you're relentless and you just won't give up you're like god i'm gonna keep trying not to say you have to keep trying on the same idea even if like god and everyone's saying hey this probably isn't going to work because i did three multiple businesses like we have a shopify store kings great kings we have kingdom warriors nfts that we sold out we have kingdom warrior studios films and media but if, if like one brand is like really just like, look, you need to stop working on this brand or you need to stop building it, then like I don't mind pivoting and going all in on something that you need to focus on. And it's, but at the same time, you, if you, if you know that you're supposed to do something and you can't just give up after a month or six months, like for instance, like even with speaking and back in 2019 was when I really started going after speaking and doing that. And it was like, it's, it hasn't been an overnight thing to, um, You know, to start doing getting speaking events or even when we when we launched Kingdom Warriors, we had three months where we did six figures from just me speaking and me hosting the speakers and hosting wow. events. And when we had those six figure um months, it was like, wow, like you can really just do one to many, one to hundreds of people and earn and then bring in over. Over $100,000 where I used to want to make $100,000 in one month.
0: Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today.
3: We could bring that in for our business, you know, in one, in, you know, one week. And it's like, but it's through just one to many, through voice, through communication, through bringing people in, sharing your vision, bringing, adding value to people's lives. And then um and it's and it's, it's possible through speaking yeah. and that's from the person who just wasn't able to speak and was so you know so it's like god want i think god is wanting to do that but i think god is also it's like i think that too many of us are just too afraid to for us to fail a business or fail an idea and everyone make fun of us
1: yeah yeah or we use failure as As the nail in the coffin.
3: Yeah. Like you can't get back up and start again or do something else. Right. Because it's, it's, and it's really the fear of man, the fear of man and fear has killed more, you know, million dollar ideas than anything else. There's nothing else that, you know, more than just like the obstacles that you're going to go, you know, the IRS taxes, learning marketing, learning sales, learning all the different stuff in business. Like any of those obstacles and barriers to entry is what they call it in the business world any of the barriers entry are not going to stop you as much as fear is mm. crippling, you know, yeah. God's people.
1: Absolutely. Well, let's talk about a big venture that you've been on legends of Aladria. Let's talk about it, man. What is it? How did it come to be all that stuff? Give us the details.
3: Yeah. So it was pretty, pretty crazy. You know, back in 2021, I was doing some uh, consulting, Um, and, um, freight brokering. And that was the first really big success I had in corporate America after getting a business degree was, uh, did millions in revenue in freight brokering. And, um, and from, I was actually consulting, doing some, uh, some freight brokering stuff, uh, consulting. And then I got into NFTs and I felt like God said, learn about NFTs. I ended up buying a domain, kingdomnfts.com. And, uh, anyways, long story short, I raised $50,000. I studied the industry. I bought like 70 NFTs. I turned like $200 into like $5,000 in Ethereum. And Ethereum at the time, I didn't even really know like how valuable like Bitcoin and Ethereum were. But it's way more valuable than the dollar in terms of like one versus one. So like one Ethereum right now is like um, uh, like almost $2,000 or whatever. So you can if someone gives you an Ethereum, you can literally cash that out to your bank account $2,000 right away. And um, so I, got, I made like $5,000 in a couple of these NFTs. And it was also during the boom market. Granted, this is um you know twenty twenty one. It was just like now everyone's talking about AI. At the time, everyone's talking about NFTs, and so there was just so much demand, and you know people were buying NFTs at this launch price, and then flipping them for ten times more. So, anyways, I I was just getting in the industry, and I was like, and I saw what it was was it was a crowdfunding mechanism, and it was like a business launch. Like think of Kickstarter. So Web two is like Kickstarter. It's like uh you know just different places. Uh, like that, where you are just Indiegogo or where you can put an idea or put a, something out there, mm-hmm. and basically, and I always kind of wanted to like launch something on one of those places, but then I saw the NFT market, and I really felt like I was reverse engineering. there's something you need to get good at when, when you're in business. Learn how to reverse engineer success of projects that you're already working with or you're investing in, or so. And as you reverse engineer how they became successful, whether they did a million dollars or five million, and I was, I was seeing these projects that were a lot of them were even scams. That were, so I bought some that I had success with, but a lot of them were scams. And so I was like, and I wanted to tell other Christian people about coming in the NFT world, but I didn't feel as comfortable because I'm like, I don't know if they're going to get scammed too by some of these projects. And it was kind of like the wild, wild, west. So I just felt like nobody was really launching a real solid, cool kingdom business. So I had the idea of like launching a kingdom, like Lord of the Rings style franchise, a uh, kingdom Disney, a kingdom Marvel is what I called it type studio on the back of an NFT project. And that the people that would be owners who sewed in um, who sewed in and bought the NFTs, they would own the IP, which are really cool IP that, you know, um, are all over. So anyways, long story short, I raised $50,000. I had a little simple pitch deck on a Google Doc. I raised $50,000. I hired a team of uh, from Sony, Disney, and Marvel. We've been able to reach over 81 nations. Over the period of a year of launching this NFT project, like kind of slow and steady using virtual events, we ended up... Um, yeah, doing about $1.2 million, And we funded uh, Legends of Allegria Film Series. We brought on a production company um, that has two films with Lionsgate, one with Paramount, and um, signed a big deal with them to make our uh, film series and write and screenplay write, uh, screenwrite it and uh, produce it, direct it. And so we can kind of like just know that we have someone who knows the film business, knows how to do this really well. And again, you know, find someone that is better than you at that industry and partner yeah. with them. And then they're kingdom people, you know, they understand, you know, getting the gospel out there. They're more covert and which I like because they're not trying to just do Christian, like only Christian content. They're doing really good content that have. They've worked with Lawrence from uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Morpheus from The Matrix, mm-hmm. which I'm like a guy who follows the rabbit trail. And, you know, Morpheus and uh, Neo were two of my favorite characters in the, the Matrix trilogy. Yeah, so I when did. I found out they're working with them, I'm like, yep, the guys like, yep, hire them. Yeah. So anyways, they, they wrote the screenplay, John Rhys-Davies from Lord of the Rings. And you're also, if you go watch Indiana Jones 5, you'll see Sala, Sala. Uh, John mm-hmm. Rhys-Davies in there. So yeah, I mean, he's his, his star power is really coming up. Yeah. And um, yeah, he ended up getting attached to it. He's also going to be in season two. Um, and so he narrated this whole thing. Um, he signed on and really loves our story. But it's really the story of light versus darkness, good versus evil. And, um, you know, this orphan to King story of really like kind of how I said, like timid, shy, like had a stuttering problem. So it's like this hero in our in the big story that we first started with was or, um, this orphan to King story, which that's the the type of trilogy we're going to do with Lionsgate. But then God said, instead of going straight for the big deal, you want to do a Lionsgate, the trilogy idea. Let's go and do like a prequel. And so we wrote a story for the prequel. And God said, make what you have with what you had in your hands. And we had less than half a million dollars uh, that we raised from uh, the launch and from investors. And so we made what we had in our hands. And that's Legends of Aladria four-part miniseries um, that we're looking for a home. I'm pitching it to a couple of people today. It's in post-production. Um, and so you guys will be able to just watch it here pretty soon over the next few months. Um,
1: yeah. Nice. So it's just so been it, a it, fun journey. So it's more of like the, the, the four-part miniseries is more like a... Would you say it's it's obviously it's a prequel to the actual main story the trilogy you want to do but it's almost also kind of a concept thing yeah. as well to kind of go hey this but times a thousand yeah kind of a exactly
3: thing. to sell them yeah we made this for less than half a million imagine what we could do with 10 million so because like really for like 100, 100 million yeah like okay for example yeah lord of the rings the first one was 96 million the second one where it's like they're a hundred or a over 100 and third one was a little over 100 and so, yeah, so it
1: was like 300 million total yeah for the so, trilogy.
3: so i mean it would be nice to do it for that but honestly for 10 to 15 million doing it with Lionsgate, we can do a pretty good
1: well uh, and dude long. like the way technology is now it's not even like yeah i mean that when they did lord of the rings it was the the mid to late 90s when they were mm-hmm. doing production on it um and so it's like now you know we're in the 2020s you know, yeah, like the technology. technology is just so so much different now you know so yeah exactly
3: and so it, we, the big thing is we just didn't want it because we are um our producers are like a preferred producer with Lionsgate, so we can you know if we get them a good script and they'll be like hey you know land these good actors and we just have some good connections but god you know really said just make what you have in your hands and that's again going back to the message of you know don't be afraid to start small don't be afraid to make something don't be afraid to Not just try to go for the big multi million dollar film and like start with a TV series or start with, you know, making, you know, a short film or start with making just something and, um, and then being able to, you know, you know, just start somewhere.
1: Well, and I think too, like, I mean, it sounds, sounds like you have the right people around you to go, okay, well, I have this idea. And they, they're the, it sounds like they were the ones that pitched the idea to you. Why don't you do something else? to kind of whet the appetite for this thing so that rather than investing, you know, a small amount of money in this trilogy, you could actually invest that money into something like that four-part series and then go, Hey, check this out. What do you, you know, and you can use that to pitch to studios. You can use that to, to investors, all that stuff. Um, and then get more money to do the other big thing. And I think that there's, it does take, discernment to know the difference between the, like the idea, is this an idea that I'm just supposed to do like on the scale of that four part miniseries, or is this an idea I'm supposed to do that's, no, it's actually supposed to be a big thing. So I don't want to blow this idea. So we, you know, finding creative ways to kind of like get something to kind of give you some, some financial lift mm-hmm. to be able to do the big thing that you really believe God is, is, is given you to do. I think that's great, man.
3: Yeah. And the cool thing with the four part miniseries series too, is like, we're still going to, you know, we're still going to be able to, uh, you know, earn money, make, build a brand with it and already, um, you know, made something really amazing. And so it's like, but you, at the same time, it's like, um, without the studios, without the banks or without anyone, yeah. just by the people coming together. So like we're really proud of what we've been able to make and, so and cool. excited for more people to see it, you know, 300 of our kingdom warriors, you know, came from all over the world to go watch, um, to watch it and it wasn't even fully done yet. Like um we're still there's still a lot of VFX, a lot of um, you know, sound, custom sound and orchestra. Like you think of Star Wars when he comes in, like Darth Vader, like dun, 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 mm-hmm. dun, dun, dun dun, dun. Like we're getting like custom, you know, soundtracks to like each of the main characters. And it's um it's gonna be really cool when it's um fully done. And so I'm so uh cool. yeah just really proud of the team and just the community that came together behind it. Yeah. And uh what's to come.
1: So exciting man. So if I'm not understanding, if I'm understanding correctly, it, I mean, was actually more, I'll ask it more as a question. So when you thought of this idea, was it just that you wanted orphan king story, light yeah. versus dark, good versus evil, and then you brought people in to give you a story or did you actually have a story idea personally? I'm just curious.
3: Yeah. So I had this whole, like basically this whole world of, you know, this magical world, this fantasy world this orphan the king um story and then i started commissioning basically all this art you know all this art and concept art and Mm -hmm. i started telling people here's what i'm visioning here's what i'm seeing here's the worlds. here's some of the things and then yeah and i hired a lot of smart people The, the designers uh we hired an artist that sold a million dollars to sony to design the nfts to design um the guilds we have four guilds so we have bringers um bringers which are like more of the prophetic guild we have um weavers which is like the artist type guild we have um envoys which are more like the the first responders or like the knights we have um and then the other one bringers um weavers um i anyways there's a fourth one i'm i'm going blank right now but anyways like we we just uh yeah we definitely brought in a lot of really good people to help me expand it and even Hamid our screenplay writer um you know i gave him all of our world building concepts and all their stuff and then And then the story of what we're doing with the trilogy. And then he was able to make a complete, not like a new story, but like essentially almost like a new story within the world. So you think of like Star Wars and the world of Star Wars. And they're like Mandalorian. You know, Mandalorian only had a few parts in um, the Star Wars. He like said a few words. He was kind of like very secret. Yeah, Yeah. both. But then they made this whole thing around him and this whole new thing. Like that's the cool thing that we can do with uh, creatives is like we have this world. We have this thing but now we can make our own Mandalorian or now we can make yeah, this. And there's can... a lot
1: of room for world building.
3: Yeah. So we have this huge world and it's just keep getting bigger of Aladria. And then we're going to keep, you know, having different areas and cities within Aladria and stories mm-hmm. and characters. And so we have a, you know, a lot of big plans for, I mean, card games, we're having uh, comics, um, you know, with kingdom warriors, specifically the art that's like, so that's in the live action world. But then now we have even the kingdom warriors, the art that, over 700 um, people own the art um, of the 8888 nfts and so with those like people are creating their own stories but then what happened with it is kingdom warriors that idea of orphan to orphan to king and going from like you know not really believing that god will take care of me to where we started doing 12 events with five speakers uh, um, to really raise awareness for what we were doing and then we started just pouring in telling stories from people who had other god ideas and then what happened is this, this movement of kingdom warriors started rising up where people were finding their voice. People were speaking on stages for the first time. People are speaking, going live in our Facebook group. Mm -hmm. People are uh, coming alive. They're getting ideas and energy and, um, starting things, launching things. So what happened is like my story and some of the stories of what we're doing with kingdom warriors really just, um, you know, we have hundreds of testimonials now from just people, uh, starting things, launching things and starting to speak. And so it's really been, um, it just seen how how powerful the story is
1: wow so why why do you feel like your approach was which I'm a big fan of this by the way, but why do you think why do you think it's important to take the approach you've taken in terms of the story where it's not an overtly Christian story, it's more Christian principles, light versus dark good versus evil why 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 do you feel like that was the appropriate first, yeah uh, approach?
3: you know and at the time you know i was really just looking at you know i've seen a lot of christian films which i don't i personally prefer secular films because yeah. it's, it's just like the, they just have more money and more no, production I, value I, I am right
1: there with you
3: and character development yeah. you know i just i really i i feel like i'm i understand the characters more and it's just not like some of the christian films i just can't really get into the characters and so um and so yeah i was just like i've always just kind of had like i want to innovate i want to do things mm-hmm. if i do get in this industry i want to partner with people i want to make stuff happen we're doing you know more amazing character development and stuff and uh storytelling and um so that was kind of where my heart is is like i just want i don't want to just you know just go straight into the like any space i go into i'm kind of like a disruptor i want to like kind of disrupt and see where how the kingdom would do it better how the kingdom could solve or innovate or um, do something different and not so do something different. Like you still want to have the blueprint, the foundation of what works, but then like still just innovate a little bit. So, um, so that's what I do in any industry I'm in. Um, and then also, um, so yeah, that's, and then our, we do our second, we have a second film called wealth with purpose where we're going to be interviewing. Um, basically we're making the biblical version of the secret. So the okay. secret is like this whole laws of attraction and uh-huh. just, you know, it's saying, oh, the cosmos and just giving credit but really we're showing like the biblical version of the secret for actually, you know, declaring things and decreeing. And basically we're going to take like Dan Cathy from Chick-fil-A, David Green of Hobby Lobby, and then all these other millionaire stories where God gave them idea. They, you know, they spoke it into existence. They, you know, believed God, they trusted God, they sowed, they reaped, and they actually like, they served and they actually did the things, um, you know, kingdom principles. They applied kingdom principles and multiplication happens because when you apply the kingdom, expansion happens multiplication happens Mm -hmm. we are able to accelerate and collapse time from you know some some would take nehemiah you know it was all the experts of the time you know harvard business experts were like hey this is going to take forever they couldn't get it done nehemiah was able to get a blueprint and work with god and get it done in a very short amount of time and i believe that's what god's given us he's given us the ability to collapse time to find mentors to to understand this knowledge and so all the knowledge i've been learning about the Christian millionaires I'm walking with, I'm going to bring that in a documentary, and basically, uh, that's going to be our first Christian film. So, we're really excited about that as well.
1: Awesome. All right. Well, in, in kind of in closing, Eric, um, regardless of wherever anybody is in their life, in terms of you know vocation or um, aspirations, dreams God has given them, how how do how can they wherever they are shift into this kingdom? uh i guess like kingdom frequency almost you know where it's like Mm -hmm. god is speaking something different than the world is you know defining whatever the world says is no it has to be this way this way god's like actually this way um wherever anybody is how can they how can they tap into this
3: yeah i would say just keep seeking the king keep seeking king jesus and like ask him god what is the kingdom versus you know a democracy or the way that i've grown up in western Mm -hmm. culture you know, like think, go back to the you know original intent. Write down the word original intent. You always got to see what was God's original intent, and like study more of Eastern, the Eastern, you know, like more of kings and you know rulership and authority. And I think that's why a lot of you guys are uh, like you know the idea of kings and queens, and you like the idea of royalty and understand how that works because you were you were meant to be born in a system like that, not where everyone's voting and complaining and yeah. you know whining all the time. It's like we were me- we were born to. Being a family, you know, you're in a family. You're in a kingdom. It's a great and point. There's and you were born to be in that. And so yeah. we've been kind of just like we have to almost deconstruct how we've thought of, yeah. you know, democracy cool. and really look into what is a kingdom. Uh, one of the greatest teachers that really taught me a lot that um, passed away too soon was Dr. Miles Monroe, and he has all his stuff pretty much out there for free on Spotify and YouTube. Go go get the book Rediscovering the Kingdom. It'll absolutely change your world forever. You'll understand the kingdom. You'll be able to apply principles. Um, You know, he was a pastor at the Bahamas. You know, he used to sleep on the floor in the Bahamas dead broke and, um, you know, learned about the kingdom. God started taking him and teaching him about the kingdom. And he was a pastor in the Bahamas, but he got paid like $100,000 to go speak to companies like overseas and in Asia and able to consult businesses on kingdom principles and consult kings and governments around how the kingdom works. Because the kingdom works in government and works for the White House works for coca-cola works for um ford motors if you apply keen principles to every business to every model it literally will um, transform their business and make it better
1: Hmm. awesome well um eric i would love for you to pray uh just in closing pray for the listeners uh this is this is really good i want to i want to see this stuff take root in the hearts of people
3: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, God. We just thank you for the viewers of Elijah Fire. And we just ask you to pour more fire to reveal the kingdom to your citizens, your children here on earth. Let them know who they are. Let them know uh, the authority you've given them. Let them know the original intent and the plans and purposes you have for their life. I just ask that you download uh, dreams, blueprints, keys, real estate, visions, dreams, and start unlocking uh, these things. And um, as you start crying out, As your people start crying out and asking, you're going to open doors. Doors are going to be open. They're going to start receiving keys. They're going to start receiving the blueprints. They're going to start unlocking things of the kingdom so they can do the things that they're born to do. We're not going to be wasting time anymore. We're going to start accelerating our purpose and our plan and start mapping it out, start writing it down, making it plain, Habakkuk 2-2. And we're going to be able to um, Isaiah 22-22 open doors that God has for to open for you that no man's going to be able to shut down. And as you face resistance, just keep trusting God, keep pouring into God, keep asking God for where you are to go, what are you supposed to do next? And he's going to continue to reveal it and uh, open up the doors for you and give you the resources you need in Jesus' name.
1: Mm, amen. All right. Uh, Legends of Eladria how can people get in on that? How can they? How can they learn more about this? People are interested. Where do they where do they tune into so that they don't miss it when you actually make it available for people to watch?
3: Come on, so you can check us out at kingdom dot com. It should be uh, right below kingdom warriors studios.com. and you can uh, stay connected for uh, more of what we release. Um, and so, super excited!
1: Awesome. And then, how can people follow you on social media?
3: Yeah, so Eric Skeldon uh, real on Instagram, real Eric Skeldon, and just Eric Skeldon and look for a guy that has anything on my page about kingdom warriors. And so, yeah, That's just, um, guy. we're excited. Uh, we're excited for what God's doing. And, um, thanks, uh, Jeff. And yeah, definitely, uh, excited and want to come back and, uh, yeah. anytime I can. And also just, uh, you know, bring you on in kingdom warriors and have yeah. people learn more about podcasting and media yeah. and, Um, We're really excited for what he's doing for media. He's really reforming media and bringing good content. So thank Mm -hmm. you for what you
1: do. Absolutely. And then also how long are you going to be at NRB? And then where are you located at the event? If people want to actually come and say hi.
3: Yeah. So we're over there kind of in the back, right on the exhibitors booth, you'll see like Christians and web three and it's like 1 billion souls, you know, for Jesus. And um, you'll see our, you know, little kingdom warriors logo at the top right of the banner samaritan's purse franklin graham's uh ministries behind us elijah streams is kind of like on the left um of us in a row next to us so yeah back right and come check us out if you're awesome. here at nrb and um yeah i'm in nashville tennessee and dallas texas so hit me up um and yeah we're we're excited to uh yeah we want to start also just doing more physical stuff um, but we do a lot of virtual stuff and so we're excited for everyone connecting together and um just advancing
1: very cool Well, Eric, thank you so much, man. This was awesome. Great connecting.
3: Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Everybody, that's our show. Tune in tomorrow, Wednesday. We begin part two of three of our Renewing Your Mind series with Kara Starnes. First episode was great. Great feedback from that. So this is, we're going for part two of three of that teaching series. So that's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Also, ElijahFire.com slash donate. It's how you donate. All proceeds go towards keeping this free at five days a week. But then you get in, you donate, you get in on that amazing water well thing we're doing over in Uganda and beyond just by default. You give 20 bucks. Boom. A portion of that's going over to the water wells. It is transforming communities because of your guys' donations. So God bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Kara Starnes. Okay, bye.
0: This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening.